0: community welcome to the podcast you might be hearing some different sounds like a turn signal and driving noises as the car speeds up i'm currently on m55 headed west toward lake city been on vacation with the family in northern michigan visiting my parents if you're familiar with the state if i was making a hand uh, you know mitten with my hand i'm up near the middle finger the nail of your middle finger that's where we've been this weekend just so you know, too, this is totally not hands-free. But my wife is driving, so that's uh, it's okay. I'm in the passenger seat. You want to say anything? Want to say hello, Biss?
1: Hello, Philo community. Thanks for letting me be a baby part today.
0: There we go. I was giving her some pointers on how to be, you know, on the podcast. What do you want the Philo community to walk away with? And I think you did an admirable job. My daughter's in the back seat. Sure yeah, let's see if I can uh, pass the mic back. Howdy. There we go. That's Sydney. She's in the back seat. Our boys could not make it on this trip, so she was our lone addition. But yeah, we had a great summer, kind of summer winding down. When we go visit my parents, we just have a great time. They live on a lake and I grew up going there. Like spent most of my summers up there. My dad built The Cottage himself started it back in the 70s, and that's where I learned a lot of my troubleshooting skills by just watching him make lots of mistakes and fix them. And without YouTube, I mean, how do you do something without YouTube? I don't know. He did it. But really love my parents. They taught me a lot, made me who I am today. And uh, the trouble is it's like a long drive from Chicago to northern Michigan. Anyway, the summer, you know, is kind of winding down, so we did kind of our last little trip there right before Labor Day. And for those of you listening, you know, you probably got your kids are going back to school or maybe they're already back in school. The ministry season is starting to ramp back up. Uh, At our church, we had a big fall festival for kids, you know, right before school started. Maybe some of you, even Christmas planning is already, you know, starting to ramp up. Maybe you're behind on your Christmas planning. I was talking to a friend the other day. It's like behind on Christmas planning. No, we don't need to do that till October. Okay. I mean, You're the one in charge, so go for it. And it is too early to be listening to Christmas music, but if you've been paying attention to our social media account, we've been providing you with a playlist for Christmas just to get you in the spirit, if in fact you do need to be in the spirit to plan Christmas. So go check out our playlists on Spotify. Anyway, if you're a regular here, you know that we're all about the need to work hard on creating good processes and building solid relationships uh, in the build-up to Christmas. And if you're new here, our goal is to help you really crush Christmas instead of being crushed by Christmas. So we're all about helping you become more effective so that your church can become more effective, not just at Christmas time, but all the time. And we even have a book called, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, which is all about yeah, becoming the best you can be so that Christmas goes well and that you don't hate Christmas or yourself or your teammates by the end of it. And one of the things I really love about our book is that it's a helpful tool to generate discussion about what really matters when it comes to doing production in our local churches. It's also a basis for many of the discussions we have in our philo cohorts, which are essentially small groups for local church technical artists. And for many of us at our churches, the people we work with, you know, they don't really know and understand all that goes into what we do, and the cohort has really been a safe place to vent. To be understood, to be seen, and even the chance to encourage one another. And while we're all from different churches of different sizes, so many of our challenges are exactly the same. And in the cohort that just happened last week, I mean, it was a perfect example of people in different phases of life. You know, some of us have older kids, some younger kids, been married a long time, not married that long, and we're all in different churches in different cities. I mean, we got Omaha and Wisconsin, some people in South Carolina just for people all over the place and with different leadership structures. And I mean, the list can go on and on about how we're different. But to look at the group while someone's sharing uh, about their situation and watching everybody kind of nod along with them and hearing their story. And so, uh, yeah, it's just so great to see uh, so much connection because there's so much that we do have in common. And I would say whether you join a Philo cohort in the next round or not, or whether you come to the Philo conference or not, investing in community is so important and I've written it down capital so all caps so just two two letters so so important you need it the other tech people in your town need it if you need community those of us at the philo team we want to help you experience community and we do you know cohorts and and the conference and that sort of thing to help with that but finding community and building community are also each of our own individual responsibilities If it isn't happening in your town, start something. Wes Harris, who you've heard on this podcast, is one of our cohort leaders. He's been on the podcast to talk about community, and he needed it, so he decided to help start a semi-regular gathering of tech people in the Indianapolis area. You know, he did it because he needed it, but also other people need it. And so, yeah, if you need it, get it started, and people in your community will join you. All right, on the topic of community... We have Ryan Lochi on the podcast today. And I say, uh, speaking of community, I mean, he's the founder of the Church Collective. They gather uh, worship leaders together uh, for similar reasons why Philo gathers tech people together. And he's currently the academic director of the Belong & Co. College. He joined us for Philo this year and taught a breakout entitled Using Your Creativity and Technology to Pastor People. It was a great breakout, and in his life, he sort of straddles the line between technology and worship leading, and we got a chance to talk about all of that stuff, and I really had a great time talking with him. So let's get right to it. Ryan Lochi. Ryan. Hey there.
1: Yeah, Glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah,
0: welcome to the Philo podcast. Yeah, yeah, glad we could work out the schedule. Yeah, and I'm excited about about our conversation. We met at the Philo conference this past May, yeah you, blast. You, yeah, you. Yeah, you agreed to teach a breakout, and yeah, we got to hang out for a few minutes, and
1: uh, it's been it's been super fun. I was really excited to be able to be a part. of followed along with Philo for a long time. You know, the first in, last out mentality. Not even mentality. It's just how I've lived for twenty years <laughs> yeah, being a yeah. part of church ministry. And then my my team. We've gone through your your Christmas book <laughs> a oh, few nice. times, like going oh, yeah. over the years. So that was always like, oh, awesome! I get to meet Todd. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: that's funny. The Christmas book. Yeah. I'm like, I wrote a Christmas book. Oh, yeah. It's Christmas yeah. in the title. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I have to say just on that note, like be I'm a tech person kind of at the heart of who I am. And so... I yeah. like to wear the black clothes and sit in the back in the dark and, you know, do my thing back there. And so the fact that there's a book with my name, you know, as the author always is a little bit disconcerting. But it's if it's, it's helping, helping people, people, that's why I did it. Yeah, So yeah, it's
1: it helped my team a ton. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's cool. <laughs> so let's uh, maybe start off
0: with uh, what you do currently. Yeah. Then maybe just kind of the story of how you ended up where you are.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's a long and winding tale. I'll try to it. keep it relatively. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not as long, but <laughs> yeah, I, cur- I currently serve as the academic director for uh, the Belonging Co. College, which we're a extension site, or excuse me, a regional campus of Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. Oh, sure. Right. I'm- so what does that mean? It means I get to teach some courses. I- I'm working on a PhD in worship with Liberty University, starting my dissertation this fall. So hopefully okay. we'll be done here relatively soon, but we'll, we'll see how the, dis- the dissertation goes. But yeah, so okay. academic director at the college. I just, I take care of the students and make sure that they're doing well. I help them get registered for courses. I interact with our, we have some on-campus professors. So I do a lot of, the, you know, moving pieces of like making sure we have enough students that actually need physical courses, because you need a certain amount of them in there. So sorting all that out, I teach worship, pastoral leadership, team-driven organizations are kind of some of the names of the classes that I teach. So that's that's what I'm doing currently, which is just okay. awesome. Great, great team, great church, amazing to, to be a part of it. Before that, I spent 20 years as a worship and experience pastor in California and, you know, started as a young intern with the then youth pastor, who's now the right. senior pastor over there and kind of just grew up with the church and Okay. was definitely one of those guys like, give me a bucket and a mop and I'll take care of that. And, you know, at one point it was like, hey, the lighting console doesn't work. And, you know, I'm the guy that would jump in and figure it out. So by virtue of fixing things, I ended up being the guy that knew how to do all the production on the way through. And that's how I ended up being more than just worship. And, OK, you're creative, too. OK, you're the experienced <laughs> guy. And, then, you know, it it ended up ballooning into, you know, all of the communications, <laughs> guest services. When COVID hit, it was full-on, basically, TV production studio for many right, churches. Right. So, did all that. And then it was in the middle of COVID. For a little while, there were members of our church who were just very upset that they couldn't worship because we weren't gathering. We were just going online. We were in California, so a very locked-down sure. area. Yeah. And and something didn't feel right in me. Like, I totally missed the gathering. But as the worship pastor, I was like, well, man, what did we miss where all these people in our church Feel like they can't worship if they don't gather, and that's where I got the idea that I may as well go ahead and get a PhD in worship on my way through. So started the school a couple <laughs> years ago. That's kind of how the Lord led me into into academia. I was teaching guitar for Southeastern okay. University over there in Northern California, and then ended up over. Here in the middle of all that too, I also am the founder and run a nonprofit called the church collective, which is a resource for worship leaders, creatives. We do podcasts and then kind of like locally led conferences where we kind of gather worship pastors in an area and have them help lead like a free conference for their teams to just make it accessible for local areas. We haven't done that since COVID, but we've got a couple, couple in the works here over the next, you know, six months or so. So it's going to be cool to get back into that but that's basically my story in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> I have a few questions that have come up just hearing your story. One of them is just this gathering of worship leaders together. Like for you, what is the driving factor? Like what is the need that you feel is out there for worship leaders to to gather? What is the yeah, what, the thing you're seeing, the the benefit that having people come together
1: Yeah. So, so we started doing it in about 2013 at this point. So coming up on our 10, 10 year anniversary. And it's just, it's, I mean, I think we get all get ourselves so head down in what we're doing at our own churches that we run into just not taking care of ourselves at all. (laughs) Right. And, and we get, we get chasing it. And and I think especially now, like it's really, it's gotten bigger and bigger, but there's the comparison trap that we're all falling into where we're watching like the big major churches that are doing incredible things. And like, beating ourselves up because we can't possibly, you know, bring the budget or the team or like there's just it, it we have an impossible bar <laughs> to try to reach really. Right, right. And it's just I think being able to spend time with other worship leaders and talk about that and realize that everybody's kind of in the same trenches, you know, don't have a drummer this weekend, like simple things like that, that don't, sure. we don't see on YouTube when we're just watching other services. Right, <laughs> but, right. I mean, that's just kind of what we're all facing. So I think just being able to resonate with each other, to bounce ideas off of each other, has been huge. And then for, for us with the conferences, the big thing is to be able to get our teams into it, keeping them local, keeping them run by local leaders. It gives a chance for teams to get to know other worship pastors in town, we've seen a lot of times where, you know, there's really healthy stuff going on between production and worship, and the teams are able to help each other out. If that drummer's not showing up at one church, sometimes another church can help. Right. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes it's week to week still. You know, we all know the struggle of rostering every exactly. <laughs> team, right. but yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, you keep saying the drummer. Is, is that I, one just, of the big the, one, yeah, the drummer. I mean,
1: it, it <laughs> must be past, past trauma. Drummers was always a problem for me, which is that, like, that's actually... Now, I'm not a good drummer, but I am a passable worship drummer. So that's like I (laughs) literally, literally learned how to drum because we didn't have drummers. We always had singers and stuff. So I would, there'd been times where like, okay, here we go. And, you know, it started poorly and it got passable. I would never volunteer for it. I mean, at The Belonging, there's no way I would drum here. But like, it's (laughs) passable for, you know, what we need.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, and I, I guess too, I mean, almost any other instrument you can you can fake your way past it. If you don't, if you're missing an acoustic yep. or, you know, something like that, you can turn right. that track up a little bit and, you know, nobody's yeah. really noticing that they're gone. I mean, you know, but yeah, if right. there's no drummer, but there's, we hear drums. Yeah. That feels like yeah, That's uh, a hard, yeah, that's a, a hard sell.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting when you were talking about kind of gather, you know, gathering worship leaders together and I'm thinking about at Philo, you know, we're gathering the tech people together and one of the things yeah. I love of getting together is just being in a room full of people that understand the struggle. And yeah. we probably say, we probably tell too many jokes about kind of the, you know, at the worship leader's expense, you know, <laughs> at sure. our, at our gatherings. I'm curious if there are any uh, jokes that are being laughed about, about tech people over there at the,
1: I mean, I think at the end of the day, we probably don't get as much that luxury because we still, there's going to be tech people involved in our conferences because we just can't do it without you guys. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I think that we've been a little, we've been a little cautious. We definitely like will... I still remember there's one of our guys, we did a conference in Virginia Beach and he he made the joke about how most worship leaders look like a busted can of biscuits because it was kind of from the South with their like tight skinny jeans and oh, their yeah, shirts yeah. and stuff. So yeah. that's just, that's the first joke that kind of sticks with me. But I guess that, that joke could apply to all of us. We all wear right, skinny sure. jeans and yeah, right. we could all all diet a little more.
0: <laughs> right, that's true. Part of it is for us, you know, joking aside, we're trying to just talk about in our settings, the relationship between you know production and the worship team or the team on the platform and you know yeah. how do we work better together and I spent a lot of years wishing somebody would solve the, the relational challenge yeah. when I realized, well, well, there's probably a lot I could do sure. to, to make this better from the people that you've talked to and the the circles that you've been in. Is there a part of that relationship, that struggle that, you know, as production people would be helpful for us to know, like this would be helpful yeah. in this relationship for this to go smoother or more <laughs> effective or what? I don't even know what the right word is, but like that we could appreciate each other more. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, the big thing I've seen in a lot of, like I would say like local church, but like I when I say local, I mean like not the ones that are necessarily, you know, push streaming our services for, you know, tens of thousands of people. Like the well, local right, church, right. you know, we got a thousand people at our church, even a hundred people at our church. I think it's important for all of us, this may even be for lead pastors, to understand there's a lot of insecurity in what we're doing as worship leaders. Mm, and okay. You can't really call that out, I guess. You can't say, "Hey, you're insecure." I'm going to go ahead and give you a hug and be wrap my arm around. Like that's gonna that's only going to make it worse. But I, I think, and it's probably the same for. The, I mean, I know it's the same for tech people too. We're all trying to do, but I keep saying like it's an, an impossible job. We have a a world that's gone. There's so much big, amazing church stuff available on YouTube and, and all that. And our church members are seeing that, and so. You know there's no way most worship leaders are going to hold a candle to being able to sing like whatever artist did that, that of the day and so we're, right, we're watching right. that stuff all week we're pulling songs from there you know we're singing the latest elevation hill song all that and we're we know we can't sing like brandon lake <laughs> but we're gonna get up <laughs> right. there and do our best and so maybe just encouragement in that i think that could go both ways for sure like coming alongside and recognizing the good job everybody's doing or at least the effort right, of a good right, job right. and yeah. maybe maybe in the same way like that one missed slide is going to be the biggest issue for the booth you know that one cracked note for the worship leader is often the, the biggest thing that's brought up so at least kind of trying to be an encouragement to each other which I guess all right, stem, right. stems from actually having a relationship and you know making friends with each other it's all the right, difference right. <laughs> in the world <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I mean it's so interesting that most people that I have done church with over the years they want to do they want to do their best. Yeah. Like nobody's nobody's trying to like go halfway on anything. They're like really trying. Right. And part of what comes out of like, hey, we want to do something with excellence is that we get, I was going to say nitpicky, which maybe is the right word. But just we, 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 we're we focusing on the things that we can improve on, mm-hmm. especially if we have multiple services. Like, right. oh, we need to make sure we don't do that again. Or could you make sure you you, you know don't miss this cue again, or, you know, whatever. Right. That, that's then all we're talking about is the things we have the most insecurity about.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I used to run interference often and shout out to my old lead pastor. If he listens to this, I love you, man. But he remembers <laughs> like we, we would run, we, we would do, we'd have a Saturday night service at the church I was at, two more yeah. Sunday morning services. So Saturday night we would come together and we would do the, you know, look at everything. And there it, we would often like, Hey, you missed that light queue. It's like, yep, we know. You know, the tech team knew, like they knew, like yeah. when they missed that queue, yeah. they knew. So I was always kind of like running in there. It's like, you know, we don't really need to like come through and say, well, how do we make sure we, is like, we, we missed it. We know we missed it. We want to do excellent. Like, of course we're going to catch that and we're going to move forward. It's like, I can't promise we're going to be flawless, but I just, I, that was like, as you were talking about that, that just like, really, that was a often conversation (laughs) with the team. Cause it's like, we, we want to come and we want to bring it back out. And it's like, well, yeah, we know. Like, and even as the worship leaders or tech, like we all know the mistakes we made you know, we probably know a lot more of the mistakes than even the lead pastor catches, for sure. But, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. But we want to. Well, fix and them. I think,
0: yeah, everybody who's listening, you know, everybody's senior pastor has a different level of kind of awareness yeah. of what it is we're doing, or or even seeing the mistakes or hearing the mistakes. I, I just know for me, I worked at two churches in my career, and the the difference in perception or the senior pastors like dialed into production elements, you know, in one was you know, at a very low level and the other very high level. And it's just like having to learn how to communicate with each one. Because I think with the the pastor that was less clued in to kind of what exactly was going on, he would notice like if there's a mic off and he would maybe say something, you know, hey, what are we doing about that? You know, just kind of like super relaxed about it. Right. And I, I don't know that it was, some of it equated to trust, like he trusted me, but there was also a part of it like, it doesn't matter that much to him. Yeah, right. Yeah, versus the other was like very yeah. intense about you know getting everything exactly perfect. Right.
1: That's it's funny. I'm, I'm actually in a in a course I'm in right now. I forget the name. of Philosophy of worship. While well, I'm working on my PhD, I'm writing a okay. paper on excellence versus perfection. So it's, it's all like resonating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, what is
1: what's the answer? Can you tell
0: us the bottom line of your thesis?
1: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a large paper, but it'll be, you know, it's just kind of like what I said, like with my lead pastor, especially like whether I was on worship for production, whether I'm representing either side or both sides, like it always really comes down to relationship, whether they're really critical or not critical, really having like, I think showing them that you are doing the best and like giving them a proven track record of like, you're not going to keep fumbling I mean, right, if, you're, right. if you're fumbling constantly every single week, then yeah, that's a different conversation. But if like you're generally doing well and like trending upward, like I think excellence right. is the thing. Excellence is what we run for. Perfection is impossible to attain. And so it's right, right. A, lot, a lot of times having whoever our direct report is understanding that and carefully. Right. And like, cause I, I mean, you could stand and sit there and say, no, we'll never be perfect. We will strive for excellence. But if you're not growing and helping them understand that, then it's kinda a lost cause. And, then, yeah. and But then also from the congregation standpoint, really teaching your church the heart of worship when you're gathering, like the importance of actually like just reading the word of God and being together and worshiping regardless of quality or style of the service. Of worshiping the Lord is more important than all of that. And so somehow helping right, your right. church get that too, which again, this is all... You know, it, we won't, it won't be until we're in front of the Lord worshiping together that we'll all really understand that, but like at least right, pushing right. towards and discipling and helping our church understand too, that they don't need to get so caught up in, you know, looking for, well, is, what's the decibel? Let me pull my phone out and double check the DB and then be real offended sure, by that right. and not worship because it's not the way they want it. You know, that's all. Right, right. Got to work through all of that. It's a fun job yeah. doing church yeah. tech. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many challenges to it because I think, you know, what, starts off as maybe a really good and pure motivation. You know, we want to eliminate every possible distraction. Yeah, we want,
1: it's great. we
0: want it to the perfect volume. We want it to be the lighting to be perfect. We, you know, and then suddenly that becomes the thing that's most important. Right. Instead of like, what does our church need? And yeah. are we doing that authentically? Yeah. yeah. You know, the way God has called our church to be about that. Right. Right. Um, instead of hanging on to the, oh man, the lighting was amazing right Yeah, it was, but that's not really the point.
1: Yeah you know and I had a, um, an old executive pastor a couple of executive pastors ago <laughs> was like you, you always say, It's always like that right but there's you, like
0: so so many you can't name them yeah, but yeah, a couple, a couple, couple of decades ago, ago. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He's, He would always talk about like you can only keep people with what you bring them with. And that that was like kind of based on we were, you know, typical church, big Christmas, big Easter, like big, big, big yeah. productions. And he was always kind of gently pushing on, you know, if your Christmas is going to be like way up there, then your weekend services have to be way up there to continue to draw the attention of people. And like his point was, if that is what we're chasing, like it's all good and fun and healthy and like we can honor the Lord in it. But if we make that the most important thing, right, then right. then the church catches onto that too. And they're expecting that. And then when you don't meet that expectation, then somehow they're not connecting and they're, you know, falling off and, you know, going back out the back door. And that was just, that was a I, I good, you know, that's, that's really stuck with me. Like, we just have yeah. to be careful. Like we want to do excellently, I'm not saying don't go for big productions. They're really fun, but like right. you have right. to really like disciple your church through it as well. Right. Uh, rather than just do it for the sake of doing it. Cause then you have to yeah. figure out how to pull it off every week.
0: Right. I think, too, there's something about, we were talking about it earlier, like worship leader and production people see things differently. They they approach life differently. They approach yeah. the the weekend service differently. Sure. And I think that the excellence versus perfectionism gets very confusing because of that different perspective, like how I'm coming at it versus how you're coming at it um, right. versus somebody else coming at it, that my perspective feels like more like perfectionism without conversation and relationship to trust that, Oh, you're trying to solve a similar problem just from a different perspective. Not it has to be exactly this way.
1: Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: Cause I think that, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday. We were talking about a spike mark on the stage. Like, you know, I want you to stand on the spike mark so that you're lit. Well, And that people aren't distracted by you standing in the dark. You're hearing like, "Don't ever move from this mark because,
1: (laughs) yeah, you know, just like
0: (laughs) not a whole lot, lot more explanation." And I think we just we don't do a great job of talking about those things about why why are why do I need you to stand there, or maybe why I why you shouldn't stand there. You know, because I think without a good conversation, it's real easy to just hang on to the thing I'm doing as that's the most important thing when it's just one of the things that
1: that's yeah. important. Well, that's a great point. And I, I resonate with, but I don't like it with like half the light on their face. Like I totally hate that. <laughs> but Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, right. Yeah.
1: But sometimes like, but just do you but also you like I'm some like freedom just, to like not right. stand
0: on the spike mark. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but just kind of get back to, and that was always like that, that's, you know, you're bringing PTSD yeah. back. Cause I, like, we had a couple of worship leaders <laughs> who would always end up just further back. And it's like, just stand up yeah. for like, just, just stay, you can move, but like come back. Yeah. Like, right. Is the back. light
0: in your eyes then you're in the right spot. If the if, <laughs> if the light's not in your eyes, you're in the dark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're feeling comfortable about the lighting on you, you're not in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. And I guess I mean you're kind of in an interesting position because you've done kind of all these things and yeah. I mean, I would imagine in the history of, you know, working at church that you've been mm-hmm. able to bridge that gap maybe better than others because you've lived in both.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was always like really keen on, and I'm sure my old team is probably listening here, and they can <laughs> they can call me out on it. But I feel like we had a really really good team dynamic, and we were you know at one point maybe maybe ten of us on the team, so church of okay. a church of a couple thousand. It's not a massive okay. team, but it was enough to keep it pretty personal. And a lot right, of it, we right. just we just did a lot, and I was blessed to have like the worship leaders on my team were generally aware and able to do a lot of tech stuff, and we kind of we would make a point to. Have both worship leaders, and then even our production, like our production manager that was with me for most of that time, could also play guitar and sing. So there'd be times where he would go and he'd join the youth or he'd play bass for us on a weekend service. So I think uh-huh. it was for us, it was really like pushing a lot of them into cross pollination and just spending time. For sure. But I think a big one was to just get the worship leaders, like kind of like our worship pastors, to actually not be on the stage was a, was a big thing. Like my, my heart first forever has been Ephesians four twelve, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And it took me, you know, starting in worship ministry, I was coming in, it'd be, you know, 20, 25 years ago, Felt like it was like necessary for me to be a songwriter and to somehow have an EP and to be all that. And I just I'm a terrible songwriter and I've made my peace with that (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've tried to write a song. But like it was hard at the start because I wasn't this bombastic singer, you know, that could just give like the amazing, you know, go ahead and throw a track on and I'm going to wow everybody with this offertory song. Like that was the world I was coming into. And I wasn't a songwriter, but then the Lord really kind of worked on my heart to show that no, you no, you equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So it's always been big on me to help both tech and worship, like help cross pollinate. Let's learn how to do something else. Let's let's be a part and just spend time with each other and care for each other. I think was kind right. of what per- permeated my team, which I think did really well for us because we were all just really friends doing the church services at that point.
0: Sure, I had lunch with the original like tech director of Willow Creek. Yeah. So going back to the '70s, we met at a Denny's for lunch, and I had a list of questions I was going to ask him, and I, I thought I knew his an- what his answers were going to be, and I was real excited about you know validating what I thought was you know how it all got started, you know why was why was production so important at Willow Creek in the early days and all this stuff. Yeah. And the the answer, yeah, it's really affected me because I still remember it was probably ten or fifteen years ago mm-hmm. when we had lunch and. He was like, you know, me and a friend uh, were doing this together. You know, produ- he, I was doing the production. He was like, he was on the platform, you know, leading worship. We were great friends. And we, so we're like, well, let's do this together. And if we're going to bother doing it, let's crush it. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do something amazing together. Right. And I, yeah, I just think there's so much power in, yeah, being in it together, understanding each other's worlds. Yeah. I even, you know, just, yeah, that idea, of like, we're going to bother doing it. Let's, like, do it with excellence. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Just been so great for me That's to remember. Great. The other thing, too, the church that I was a part of grew with me, you know, like, as I was learning how to, like, <laughs> EQ a microphone, we only had yeah. one. So it was, like, super easy. And then, well, we have two mics now, and, oh, I, well, I know how to, yeah. you know, figure that out, you know, as we went. And so, but I was mostly, I was a mediocre musician, And so I, you know, I landed in the (laughs) mixed position, which, you know, it turns out is how I listen to music. I hear all the little things going on. But when I was in college, I was running sound for the Campus Crusade ministry at my campus. And one week I was learning to play guitar just on the side for fun. We had, I think we had three or four in our apartment, you know, just like everybody's got a guitar in college. Yeah, because they're nice and portable. Of
1: course, yeah. And so,
0: yeah, somebody asked me, hey, you want to play this, you know, for this the Camps Crusade event, you know, our weekly meeting? I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. Mm. I don't remember how well I played, probably awfully, but I do remember like, oh, this is what it's like up here was my <laughs> big revelation. Like, oh, you really can't hear anything up here. And, you know, just yeah. like right. all the things, like from the soundboard, I'm like, you need me to turn you up in the monitor oh my gosh again right like, always you yeah. must <laughs> be able to hear you and then getting up there like oh yeah i actually i do need more of myself in the monitor it's like a real right. thing <laughs> but that was such a useful experience for me to know like what it's like up there you know to yeah i think sitting in the in the production booth it's easy for me to look at the people on the platform up in front of all you know hundreds of people or thousands of people or whatever. Be like, when you got your stuff together, this is no big deal for you. Just like you're, you're crushing it. But to know, like, oh, it's a little bit nerve wracking up there, and it's not just, you know, flip a switch and get it done.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and I think there's probably, you know, it can feel similarly on stage, looking at the booth, like, yeah, just like turn the knob and you know, right. we're good.
1: Just go. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But to be able to to cross pollinate, such a such a great concept. I love it
1: yeah it was cool. and then shout out to yeah I do, do miss the of all the things I missed, I just missed the the camaraderie of it. you know, it was right, our right. our production production manager at the time. he's the one that kept pushing us. I, I didn't necessarily like it when we started it, but he made a point. We would, we would go to the local Starbucks at like five a.m before the 6 a.m. call time. And yeah. he, was, he was like dogged about it. And I was like, I'm tired, man. Like we had a Saturday service, yeah. like yeah. we'll just come to church. Like, but he just pushed it. And like there were years, for years we ended up doing that. And it was always just kind of come if you could. And we would invite the teams and volunteers and all that. And it was just, yeah, people, like friends mm-hmm. doing, doing it well. Right, yeah.
0: right, right. 5 a.m. So uh, yeah, how many of the, like what percentage of the team would come? Was it just like, Half of its, them, or in its heyday, or, I mean, it, it would yeah. go.
1: It it, it, it ebbed and ebbed and flowed, but I would say sure, it'd yeah. be it'd be seventy, eighty percent of the team, like oh, worship wow. team volunteers. Yeah, so we're talking, you know, fifteen, twenty people got to know the Starbucks baristas pretty well, first name because not <laughs> yeah. not that many people are coming in to sit on a Sunday morning like that at five a.m. <laughs> right, at but, five in the morning. Yeah. yeah, But it was it was definitely like, yeah. I'll have to I'll text him after this and say, man, thank you for that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was he was the one to push, and I was definitely not. I, uh, yeah, didn't want to get up that, like if we're already getting up early, but like tag another hour right, on right. that. But like, it was very valuable. And like, we are still, you know, I, I know that forged a lot of like very important relationships, which ended up being largely pastoral too. So when some of these team members' lives start falling apart, like they knew us as people more so than just the, right, the ones right. that were rostering the them task. for the weekend. Yeah. Right, so. right.
0: Yeah. And I think it's such a, there's so much to get done. I mean, again, listening to your, the things that you've been a part of, like, the list of to-dos is so long right. and i think it's it can be real easy to be thinking of our teams as just a name on a list you know filling a slot and okay yeah maybe we, in the cracks of sunday we can you know have relationship but right. i think i've said this in every podcast uh, that's coming out in the next <laughs> 6 months that John Cassetto from Saddleback Church, yeah. he says, your team should not feel loved. They should actually be loved. Yeah. And I think-
1: That's a big deal. It's real,
0: yeah, it's real <laughs> yeah. easy to like, well, this is what I should say in our circle up time. I say these words to make people feel loved. Right. Versus like showing up at 5 a.m. Hey, whoever wants to come, let's hang out together. Right. I mean, that's like a different level. That's like real life. And I think that's probably- more the idea than, you know, just showing up, getting the thing done and going home.
1: Yeah. That was huge. I mean that that's the I mean, as you're saying all that, it kind of reminds me like it feels like, at least from the worship side, feels like a lot of us have fallen into being a worship pastor without actually like realizing what that title means. It's just the title that right. the church gives the guy that's on the stage leading. Right. And I know, I've know i known guys that say like, well, my pastoring as a worship like, leader, like the pastoring happens when I'm on the stage. Like that's my pastoring. I pastor the room and I always sure. bristle right. at that because it's like, no, I don't think that's... How a pastor would like you should be directly involved in the lives of those that you're working with. And right. so I, mean, I don't know where I'm going with that thought, but like it should no, be an yeah. encouragement. Like, even, you know, there's production pastors and stuff like that too, but really like understand whether you are titled that or not. I think God is most honored when we are actually caring for the people and like loving them and getting to know those that just are in your sphere more so than showing up and doing whatever, you know, task is in front of you, playing an instrument or pushing some faders. Like, that's right. It's way secondary.
0: I mean on on some level it feels like we're facilitating something together right when the congregation is in the room and you're right the pastoring is on many many levels is about the people yeah right next the people sitting next to you or the you know right. the bass player standing behind you or whatever is right. cuz i think the the that whole excellence versus perfectionism and where authenticity falls into the you know yeah. in between those I feel like you can be authentic with people that you know. Right. With people you don't necessarily know, you're trying. Yeah. Like you're, you're striving for something. Right. Uh, excellence or perfectionism versus sure. just like, hey, this is who we are.
1: Right. I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic point right there too, like that, that we tried to hit. We hit or miss as far as like getting it done. Because like I said, there's a few thousand people at the church at the time. But the more that our team got to know like just the congregation, there was more room to be authentic versus, I mean, it's that argument like stay out of the green room and all that, like get act, right, out right. there and actually interact with the congregation. Yeah. Make, it makes all the difference in the world. They're much more likely to be okay with that new song that they're not a big fan of, or maybe the decibels <laughs> aren't quite right or a light hit somebody in the right. face. Like they're going to be way less offended by that. If they actually spend time with the people that are doing sure, it, right, they won't right, just run yeah. back to the booth and yell at the guy if they had coffee with him a week ago. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah.
0: right right well and it's i think it's so interesting the like even part of your story like you you grew up in the church you grew with the church that yeah. you knew the people in the church which i think isn't probably a lot of people's experience you know yeah. a lot of people That's uh, true. who may be listening to this like entered into something that was already going and right. and maybe don't have a relationship with as many people which i think is a lot more difficult of a place to be but yeah totally yeah so how do we do that yeah maybe staying out of the green room going yeah. out into the lobby right
1: one for one person at a time
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right yeah to be able to look out and see somebody that you recognize and that recognizes you and to yeah. to acknowledge each other yeah even from the booth right yeah i mean last weekend i was serving on the production team of the church that i go to and somebody that's been at the church for years and years that I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with. He basically was like, it was so good to see you serving with the team today. Wow. I mean, I recognized him and we've said hello to each other, but I don't know that we've exchanged that many words together, but it was just so, yeah, it was meaningful to him because he wouldn't have said anything. And it was meaningful to me just that, yeah, my presence there matters. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. That comes from, yeah, not being in the green room all the time. Right. Huh. I feel like there's more to be talked about here, but I...
1: No, yeah. I, I, I I, I, it reminded me, like, it's this is more of like a worship leader tip rather than like a production tip, but it reminded me of, we've done a bunch of stuff with Paul Balash, wrote Open the Eyes My Heart, like a good godfather of worship, and is what I like to call him, but he's a fantastic yeah. guy. But like one of the tips he's given that I've heard him say multiple times is like actually address a few people at the start of the church service by name like just oh, get out right, there sure. and like oh hey how's it going like phyllis like great life like kind of recognize them and say like good to see you here to kind of help break that line and then so when we heard that tip one of the things we did as a team was like we would make a point to like get out of the booth get off the stage and just go say hey to a couple people just a simple hi right. in, the, in that first 10 minutes before the service to like, break that barrier down where it's right. not just like, here comes everybody from backstage and now let's worship. But it's like, no, you just, you know, you figure you got 15 people involved in the service, both in the booth and the stage. If they all talk to two or three people before the service starts, then that's a big comfort that kind of, can kind of right, come right. and break down that barrier on the week. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's what that reminded me of.
0: Yeah. There's a church in the Chicagoland area that I don't know if they still do this, but anytime they'd have somebody new on the platform or somebody new, like first time mixing front of house, yeah, they would say something from the stage. Hey, you know, Jerry here, like he's been on our team for years and he's playing guitar for the first time, like in this setting. Yeah, that's and great. He's a little bit nervous and, you know, we're all family here and we just want you to like, you know, cheer him on and yeah. you know thank him for being a part of our team it, it totally changes the the dynamic of the set of the congregation thinking oh man who's this new person on stage or I right. don't like how it sounds you know like oh this person is like we're working it out together we're part of the same family instead of he, the other way feels so consumerist yeah. you know like you know I don't like I don't like this mix this week well it's a new guy and we're training him and This is part of, you know, who we are as a church. That's great. Yeah.
1: We did did similar. I mean, we called them the worship mulligans. Like, so when we had mistakes, like (laughs) catastrophic failures, like but but we said that, like we would legitimately, like I gave the team permission to stop. Like, if it's that bad, stop. (laughs) Like stop trying to catch the track, like stop the thing, but then like recognize it and say, hey, Right, right, Made a mistake. Let's go back in there and like every time, like the participation always just would go through the roof. And I think it's largely because oh, it's people. Like the the yeah. congregation realizes oh, okay, we're just people doing this. And yeah, 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 we 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 would start. There were a couple times where we would be missing Again, drummer. This is probably the PTSD, but we would you know say hey, we're supposed to start. Our drummer's not on stage. I don't know where he is. When he comes in the room, can we all just applaud him as much as we can? And
0: yeah, we we would and we would cheer cheer
1: him on the way up. And yeah multiple times and always the drummer. So I don't know what it is about drummers. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's always <laughs> the drummer. They come running. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm having PTSD right now thinking about, so when I first started working at a church, I was responsible for the production side of it. So that was mostly audio because we, there was no video when I started <laughs> and uh, we met in high school. So there's not a whole lot of lighting to worry about. So I was leading the audio team, but I would also write out charts for the band. So Mm. this was all before the internet and tracks and all this stuff. So I would like listen to the music and write out the chart for the band. And then typically, whoever wasn't you know whatever position we didn't have filled, I would play that instrument. Okay. Except for drums, I could not. (laughs) I'm not a passable worship drummer. (laughs) Anyway, so I was in the band playing guitar. I think this particular weekend, and you know it was like a four piece band or whatever, and there was a key change in the song like you know we went up half a step or something yeah and we got to that point in the we'd rehearsed it and everything was great or whatever we got to that point in the song and like the bass player and I went up a half step and the keyboard player did not oh <laughs> and like I the bass player stopped playing thinking he'd made him and then I stopped playing like we all stopped playing because we're like well, did I did I screw this up yeah. So then it's just like the drums. Right. And he just did a giant fill, do, you know, just ended the song. Yeah. I, I thought it was so great. Like, it, you know, we just come out of the bridge. It, well, the well, song's over.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I call it a day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, the, I don't know how we picked this back up. Yeah. So let's just let's call yeah. it over. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> that's good. I think the church appreciates, like, yeah, especially if you mention it. Like, that's the, like, just say, hey, whoops. Like, yeah. I like like, and I think when you try to like smooth it over, that's when it gets really awkward for everybody. Right, you're everybody like trying, knows you're trying to something act like you're doing good, and you're just like, no, you messed it up. That's fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At
0: that church, I mean, I, one one of the things I loved about the senior pastor, we do some rock and roll, like in your face opening song. You know, so this was in the days of kind of seeker targeted services. So we were doing something. We're all the all the elements were sort of leading to the message, so yeah. it was all everything was kind of thematic. So we'd do this, you know, I don't know, Green Day song or you know something just outlandish, yeah, too loud and too in your face, and the senior pastor would jump up, you know, right after the song to do kind of the greeting and yeah. One time he was just like, how many of you over 40 have no idea what just happened?
1: Right. That's <laughs> great. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. right, let's talk about it. You know, it, just, <laughs> it, was, it was so great. Yeah. Yeah, I just so appreciated just kind of the, like, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. We're not trying to be the coolest thing out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the coolest thing out there can, you know, help bring people in the door. But yeah, yeah. if you're not being authentic with it, then. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? That's great. <laughs> yeah. So the, let me ask you this with the school side of things that you're doing like yeah. is is the the focus strictly worship leading or is there there are all kinds of people that are involved in pulling services off and
1: Oh yeah no I mean so for school I mean we have all all kinds of majors psychology business worship pastoral oh, okay. right. like they're all you know we got a bunch production majors we do like a really good oh, pra- wow. practicum class, which is like basically hands-on experience. And that's the, that's kind of our bread and butter where our students get the opportunity to get rostered with the teams and sure. we, we okay. do it on Mondays. So it's like really, really cool. Cause like the staff basically comes through and they'll, you know, the worship team, worship majors will break off with some of the worship leaders, the production okay. break off with production. And they all kind of get, there's some heart stuff that they all get taught and then they break off, Okay, and, you know, like for instance, the worship majors will learn how to, um, they'll do songwriting and get their songs critiqued by like some of our worship leaders on the team. Okay. and like that's their project or like production will be given like a set and like, hey, go program the lights for this. That's your project sure. for this class. Okay. So that's kind of like the tangible hands-on. That's why people are into coming to being a part of the belonging. Sure. But yeah.
0: And then do they then serve on the weekend, you know, in some sort of rotation on the weekend? Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, they get rostered in, basically put in as volunteers we're big. We try to have this sit one, serve one mentality. And it's fun here because we do a Tuesday night service. It's kind of how The Belonging started oh, because there's a okay. lot of like touring musicians. So that's how The Belonging really got going was like a Tuesday meeting for those touring musicians for service. Okay. So that so that still goes. But our students tend to serve on Sunday and then come be a part of Tuesday together. Oh, cool. Uh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Like How old good, can you be to sign up for
1: classes? That's oh, what we got? Not, yeah, what we
0: something got. I want to do. <laughs>
1: yeah, we got, <laughs> we got a couple of masters. I'm actually like, some of my summer is really spent getting everybody registered and stuff. We've got some master's degrees and got all kinds of ages, young and old, okay. <laughs> coming to me Young apartment. and old, yeah. nice. <laughs>
0: Everyone's welcome. Everyone's I mean, I that guess <laughs> that's why they call yeah. it belonging. Right. There <laughs> yeah. you go. <laughs> just perfect tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So I'd be curious just maybe to let people know like ways to get in touch with you or yeah. th- things about the Church Collective, like just how can we yeah, sort sure. of follow what's going on there?
1: Right. So uh, churchcollective.com is kind of where you can see new events and we do weekly podcasts with mostly worship artists, but like we'll have you taught on it in a little while too, but it's all yeah, kind of right. church church resourcing. I think as I'm recording this, we'll have Stephen Curtis Chapman and Wilson. Those will be some of our next uh, podcast episodes. We just put out one with Brian and Kitty Torwalt. So if you're into any of that, the conversation always tends to go towards heart stuff, just kind of where, And, and, and me as I'm working on a PhD in worship, I'm still genuinely curious about where the church is going. I feel like we're in a big paradigm shift and I don't know the answer. I don't think anyone really quite knows what the church will look like five years from now, but I don't think it's going to look like it did five years ago. Right, so right. we're kind of just exploring that and moving forward. But yeah, the church collective on uh, Instagram, TikTok, we've been going crazy with. Oh, the really? Tr- the church collective over there is that we do like guitar little snippets and stuff. So if you're a guitarist, that's kind of, we accidentally fell into that during COVID. Myself and our my co-host got, you know. Started doing TikTok and so it's gone wild over there. So if you want to okay. get into that, follow <laughs> us along over there. Yeah. yeah,
0: nice. And then if people are interested in the Belonging Co of the school there,
1: yeah. uh, Belonging Co, you can hit us. Just go to the Belonging.co or our website or Google us, Belonging okay. Co College. Yeah, with Southeastern. It's really great. I mean, the big thing that got me excited about coming like Belonging Co is awesome, but also getting your degree with Southeastern University is great. It's a, you know, highly accredited, solid degree that'll wow. go with you, yeah. whether you're doing ministry or not. Like I said, we have like business majors, psychology majors, really solid degree and a great place to be. Nashville is incredible. So you can sure. enjoy it. Enjoy that and come and get your degree with us.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. It's been fun just to kind of hang out for a little bit and yeah. have PTSD together. And yeah, looking forward to being on the Church Collective podcast. Yeah, so.
1: this is great. Thank you.
0: We had so many amazing topics with Ryan, and I love just you know the using through the church collective. Uh, Ryan's been gathering worship leaders together in a similar way to what we do with Philo. You know, to bounce ideas off each other, to commiserate together. It's also important, and so many times we can play the comparison game when scrolling through Instagram to see what other churches are doing, big churches and flashing lights and all this stuff. And I think to get together and realize we're all kind of in the same boat together is super helpful. I thought it was also really insightful when Ryan talked about the insecurity that people on the platform can be experiencing and, you know, trying to do what the big churches are doing and trying to sound like the latest worship leader uh, on K-Love or whatever. And yeah, there's a lot of insecurity that comes with that. And so maybe it would be good for us to go out of our way to encourage people for the parts that they're doing well, to notice the things they're doing well. I also love just talking about relationship and trust. To me, it's the ball game, and I I feel like a broken record, but it is so important that what we do, you know, the equipment is important and having a team is important, but relationship and trust is paramount. Everything we do comes back to trusting each other and knowing each other, to be able to teach our leaders what it takes and to build trust with those leaders. I mean, it's key to thriving in whatever role you might be in. The other thing too I thought was great, discipling your church, about how we do church was such an interesting concept. I really love that idea. We shouldn't be just doing big production for the sake of doing big production, but to be authentic to what our church is about and what our churches need, and to be talking about that, not only with our congregation, but even just our team. I was also struck by Ryan talking about the team that he was on A while ago, just the 10 people and they're cross pollinating, doing stuff together, playing on the worship team together, you know, running slides if necessary, being sympathetic from the worship leaders to the tech people about what it all takes. And I think it's so easy for tech people to kind of segregate off and the worship people to segregate off. But how important it is for us to kind of be together. It's a way for us to build relationship and trust. I also love the verse he talked about, Ephesians 4.12. We should all have this like on the wall in our offices. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I feel like developing our own personal skills is important. Getting better at mixing or lighting or video editing, all that stuff is super important and necessary for our own personal growth. But at a certain point, you know, we need to move from that to equipping others and empowering others and passing on our knowledge and wisdom to the people on our team so that they can participate in what God's doing there. That's what the body of Christ is all about. So such a great reminder. I loved so much about my conversation with Ryan. And so if you're interested in more, yeah, go check out our show notes. You can see how to get in touch with the Church Collective and the Blanc Co. College and all the things that he has going on. You can follow us on social media, at Philo Community, on Facebook and Instagram, and at Philo Conference on Twitter. So you can also subscribe to our newsletter at philo.org or subscribe to this podcast and keep up to date on all things Philo. We're driving through Lake City, Michigan right now. And yeah, thanks for joining us on our little road trip. So you want to say goodbye?
1: Adios, muchachos. So long, farewell.
0: And there you have it. So thanks for joining us and see you next time.